Hello and welcome to the Movie Mouth Film and TV Podcast, an inconsistently released podcast designed to help you figure out what's worth a watch in your cinema or with your multiple video streaming services of choice. On this very episode, we dial 911 as the Bayhem hits peak 1996 with Jake Gyllenhaal and Yahya Abdul-Mateen II in Michael Bay's best movie since Bad Boys 2. Yes, it's Ambulance. Following this, we sit down to unsuccessfully hide our sheer unadulterated arousal as Alexander Skarsgård runs around Iceland mostly naked, exacting vengeance in the name of fate in Robert Eggers' The Northman. And if that's not enough, Phil has been going completely bonkers, talking very loudly and for no reason at all, shouting things most normal people would simply mutter. Yes, this week we watched not one, but two Nick Cage movies. Firstly, with the self-referential Nick Cage starring as Nick Cage in a buddy action comedy, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. And in this week's Video Store Corner classic film discussion section, you voted for the house to win as you rolled the dice and came up with Nick Cage's Snake Eyes. On top of it all, we'll be discussing the latest film news, trailer reactions, and throwing in as much movie madness as you've come to expect from the Movie Mouth team. This is Miles, and as ever, I am joined by a man who once said, well, he's one of those fortunate people who, like my job, sir, got his first chemistry set when he was seven, blew his eyebrows off, and he never saw the can again. He's been into it ever since. His name is Roger, but two Rogers down don't make a right, and he loves the Elton John song, Rocket Man. He stole 50 cars in one night. He's a little tired, a little wired, and he thinks he deserves a little appreciation. He was made for the sewer, baby, and he's the king. But if he doesn't like a movie, you just put it in the right file according to alphabetical order. You know... A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, B, W, X, Y, and Z. Just make sure once you're finished, you put the bunny back in box because he is going to take your face Oh, It's Phil. Hi, Phil. <laughs> Hi there. <laughs> How's he going? Pretty good. How are you? I'm all right. Are you, um, your voice all right after that? It's fine. It's fine. I haven't even done the Al Pacino impression yet. Oh, God. <laughs> I'll wait. It's coming. I know. Uh, how have you been? What's been going on in Phil's world? Uh, I've been fine, thanks. Yeah. Uh, all good. Busy. Same as Umal. You know, Umal. Same as Umal. Good old Umal. Umal. Um, Our third co-host. <laughs> Same with you. Umal, have you been busy this week? <laughs> Yeah. Yes. This is Oh yeah, he said he's been busy as well. <laughs> yeah. Can you, can, can you get me um can you get me a beer, please? All right, yes, I will. I'll bring it right in there. Yeah, he's coming. It's, he's coming with it. <laughs> it's all got a little bit moon night up in here right now. <laughs> it has a split personality, Phil here. Yeah. 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 Um yeah, I'm good, thanks. I'm all good. Lovely. Well, I'm glad we got there in the end. Um <laughs> Uh, I'm fine. Thanks for asking. Um, you know, no, I've been. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually exhausted. Is the truth? I'm pretty much the most tired I've been in a long time, and that's because of the constant physical labour that I've been undertaking on this uh, school bus conversion. You can't project. stay away from it, can you? You love it. Can't. I can't stay away from it. Well, it's just the fact that I've, you know, we've been doing it all ourselves. So it's just. That's it's a lot. 
Hmm? It's the fun. It It'll is make fun. you appreciate it tenfold when it when it's finally finished. Yeah, it's fun. It's just you know when there's someone with soft hands like me, you know, yeah. and yeah. nimble bones. How many how many splinters have you had? I haven't had any because we have these Kevlar gloves that we wear. What kills you? There's there. not a lot of wood in a school bus, Phil. I don't know if anyone's ever told you that, but. <laughs> yeah, a lot of metal. You can get metal splinters. There is. All right, See? I'll let you off. There is a lot of that. See? I've been doing a lot of angle grinding, which is oh. um, which is exciting because I'd never grinded an angle in my life. I've done a lot of grinding <laughs> in my life, but I'd never oh, grinded yeah. an angle. Yeah. <laughs> You've so. never ground at an angle. I've never ground at an angle. <laughs> well, no, I definitely have, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Back to movies. Um, oh dear! What have you been watching since we last spoke? I have. Well, I can. Uh, I've, I've finished two things that we've already talked about in previous weeks, oh. uh, which was uh, Snowpiercer season three on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed it mostly, but it sh- should have been ended, and I don't think it is. <laughs> you mean? It, they should have finished the whole show. Yeah, they should have okay. finished it, right? Because I don't know. I'm enjoying it, but it's just uh, it's they're dragging it out. It's getting a bit of the Walking Dead going about it, and it's only been mm-hmm. three seasons, so mm-hmm. that's that. And then uh, I ca- I've carried on with Moon Knight. In fact, I don't think I'm fully up to date with Moon Knight yet, but um, I think I'm three episodes into that, enjoying that. It's I think and it's on then, the fourth episode at the time of recording, which is April. 25th. Oh, okay. So yeah, I've got one more to watch. Yeah. Um, and I've watched, I've had it recorded, but I haven't had sort of time to sit down and watch it, but we've blasted it in a week. But we watched the final series of um, Peaky Blinders, the BBC series. Oh, okay. Um, I don't, is it the, I don't the last ever series? Because it is the I'm, last ever series. many people, I haven't watched, I haven't really watched it. So, oh, okay. Yeah. It's season six, last ever mm-hmm. series. Um, really good. Really? Um, yeah. It's much of the same. Like mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Do you, do you get it over in over there? Yeah, it's in the massive States? in the US. Is it big over it's, there? It's pretty much when people when I meet people and I say I'm British, they'll be like, "Oh, um, I love Peaky Blinders." By the way, it's usually one of the. <laughs> oh, right. okay. It's weird. It's not even like it's not like oh, I love you know oh, I love Queen Elizabeth II. She's such a treasure. Blah blah blah. It's oh, I love Peaky Blinders, and I'm like, oh, oh wow, oh, it really is. Like, and I'm like, never seen it, mate. Never seen it. <laughs> I don't even know what you're on about. Um. Yeah, it's. It, I think it was quite a gap between season five and and season six, and then they show. I think it's been shown weekly up until the, I don't know a few weeks ago. But I recorded all of it, and we sort of did it all in one, well, not in one mm. session, but you know, this week we watched. Uh, and yeah, really good end to the series and to the to the show as a whole. And Cillian Murphy is just incredibly good as an actor. He's just is that, so good is that, that Killian Murphy's brother? Oh, shut up. You and your the pronunciation man. <laughs> or is that pronunciation? Uh, Scott, Scott uh, Bakula and... Um, it's Bakula. Directed like by Will Merrow. De- <laughs> Will Merrow Delta. William Defoe. <laughs> Who we'll talk about later. <laughs> Brilliant. Sorry. I, I just love um, it. I'm a big fan of But yeah, he's incredible in it. He is incredible in it. Um mm. as as normal. And you know, all the performances in it are, are strong to be honest with you. But yeah, well worth a watch. I think I think you'd like it. You should watch it all. It's great. It's all on iPhone. I know. I don't know why. I just I watched I think I watched the first episode about five years ago and it didn't grab me straight away, so I just I had other things to watch. And I don't know why. It just looks a little murky. 
and you know overcast so i just it never is. it's birmingham and yeah. it's the criminal underworld of mm. birmingham exactly and for that reason i've kind of stayed away from it but um call me a call me a snob if you will um but you know i am fair, fair, <laughs> fair enough what what have you been watching I don't know if I want to tell you really, to be honest. Um, I'll start with the with the you know the the stuff that you would expect. So Moon Knight, you know, like you have carried on watching that. I'm on. Yeah. I finished episode four, um, right. which I thought was the best one so far. I've absolutely loved it. Um, oh. It's brilliant. Just the for those that have seen it, you know, it obviously goes in a in a slightly new direction that episode, um, and it's quite surprising. So I liked it, and I just thought it was directed so well, so well put together. Um, I thought, you know, we, we talked about episode one with some really shoddy CGI work. Mm. Um, but it seems to have improved, I would say during the series, strangely. Um, and episode yeah, four I didn't... looks, looks great. Great mm. locations as well. Um, cool. I, I've also dipped into an Amazon prime show. I've watched actually all four episodes so far of outer range starring right. Josh Brolin, um, which sees uh, two rival uh, ranches in America's uh, Wyoming um, discover a what can only be described as a black hole on their land, and a fight kind of ensuing over who owns that land and what that black hole does. It reminds me a lot of um, I'd say Lost. It's got a kind of Lost vibe to it, uh, right. in that you know you kind of feel like this is going somewhere, but you're not entirely sure where. Um, yeah. And they may be kind of making it up as it goes along. It has some kind of really bizarre outlandish moments in there that you just don't expect. But so far, it's kind of caught my attention, which is unusual. I, I'm not, you know, I've always, I'm always a little disparaging of Amazon Prime series and shows. Mm. Um, but this one I've, I've really enjoyed. Um, and rather embarrassingly, uh, I made an oath, a, uh, a proclamation, as it were, to my better half that I would sit down and watch Bridgerton on Netflix. Uh, so I've oh, watched God. season one and season two of Bridgerton since I think I last spoke to you. Well done. Um, Good Lord. Well done, <laughs> sir. Bloody hell. Um, <laughs> which, um, you know, it's actually kind of, because we've been working so hard on the school bus, it's been quite nice to come home at night and just put something on that's just, you know, completely brainless and not you don't have to think about it too much. Um, but I mean, saying that, that's actually really mean. It's, it's actually really well put together show you know great costumes and and you know fairly well written and performed and and fun and just you know you watch it and then it's over and it's done with but i quite enjoyed bridgerton i have to say yeah i um, think carly i think carly watched series one and then she started series two the other day um i think i don't know if she's got bored of it or she's not watching it all hmm. one thing i did notice about it while it was on and i watched a little bit of it was that it was incredibly crisp like it's it's yeah. really clear <laughs> like it's, yeah, you know, it's because it's been filmed super recently, and obviously technology's getting even better. But one thing I really noticed was it was super crisp yeah. to look at, and very yeah. colourful. It looked it's amazing, very colourful. Yeah, it's, yeah, it looks fantastic. It does, and it's it is shot really well as well. A lot of the the cinematography is great on it as well, and they they do some really cool things in there because obviously it's it's a period drama, but they do some really cool stuff in there, like using the um, vitamin string quartet or vitamin string quartet, depending on which country you're in, mm -hmm. um, doing their orchestral arrangement versions of popular songs. So 
Yeah. Each episode usually features something, you know, and you're like, oh, I know this song. What is this? But it's like cellos and viola and violin. Sort of um, like Westworld did with the piano. It, where... To be fair, you've, you're absolutely right. They've ripped that off completely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but still, you know, it, it was worth, it's worth a watch. I actually, I actually didn't, didn't hate it. I, I thought I was going to hate it. So, and it well. slowly dragged me back in. Um, and then movies wise, I finally got to sit down and watch one of last year's best uh, animations. That was Netflix's uh, Mitchells versus the Machines, which right. uh, is a, a computer anim- animated um, story about is the uh, the machine, the robot apocalypse, basically, um, and how a family kind of deals with it. And um, I sat down to watch that. It's from the makers of the Lego Movie, so it's got that very dry. It's got that kind of you know fourth wall breaking, meta acerbic wit. Um, really yeah. fun, really, really good movie. Really enjoyed it. I uh, wish I'd watched it when it came out last year, but you can watch that on Netflix right now. If you've got a Netflix account, highly recommend Mitchell's, uh, versus the machine, which was, which was good fun. Um, we've got some serious reviews to get into this week, some amazing reviews. So what I'm going to do is jump into the news, Phil, if you're good with that. Do it. I think there's only one place to start, isn't there? Yeah. Oh, oh. oh. Oh, oh, somebody's got uh, somebody's got a birthday. Somebody's got a birthday. Happy birthday, Al Pacino. Happy birthday, Mr. Pacino. 83 today on the day of recording, which is April 25th, 2022. Unbelievable. Wow. That's great. One innings. Isn't it? You would have thought yeah. he was that old, would you? No. Oh. Um oh. Uh, that's how he blows oh. his candles out, by the way. He's got 83 oh. candles and he, walk, he they bring it out singing happy birthday and he just goes, Hoorah! and they all go. They've all gone. <laughs> they all go. He's like, make oh. a wish, Al. Oh, 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 she got a, she got a, she got a great ass. Um, so. <laughs> happy birthday, Al. Um, maybe a good time just to talk about some of your favorite Al Pacino films. Um, Bill? Yes. You love well, a bit of Al, don't you? <laughs> I love a bit of Al. You I mean, call me Al. <laughs> I, I mean, for me, it's got to be. I think like Heat and Donnie Brasco Ooh. are up there for me. Obviously, mm. a lot of people would say Scarface, and obviously mm-hmm. he's brilliant in Scarface. But Heat and Donnie Brasco for me are two of my absolute favorites of his. Oh, um, I love Heat. I feel like I feel like Heat is a film that we need to watch for Video Store Corner. We really do. I've not 95, seen it for a while either. Michael Mann. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I fucking love that film. It's one of my favorite movies ever. But I'm not yeah. going to talk about Heat because I think we could talk about that till the cows come home. I will talk about movies that I've only seen a couple of times, but yeah. I will say his performance in them had an impact on me, and that is the Godfather movies. I know that sounds mm. really cliche. But they're not, by no stretch, my, my favorite movies. Nowhere near, to be honest. I find them a little bit marauding, lumbering, slow. Um, yeah. But Al Pacino's character arc in that, from the very first moment you see him at that wedding, when he's, you know, one, he's not even the oldest son who's in line to inherit the, 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 the you know, the Marlon Brando mafia don throne. He starts out as a soldier um, in love. You know, he just wants to live his life. He doesn't want to be part of the the family, so to speak but gets yeah. obviously quote unquote dragged back in. Um, and you see his, you see his, his arc as he goes from that, you know, to obviously gaining the the throne of the head of the household by the end of that movie. And then in the second one, you know, 
uh, this is, I mean, I was going to say spoiler alert, but these movies are like 40 years old. So there's no, I'm just going to go straight into it. Yeah. Killing his own brother, having his own brother, Fredo, executed, you know, yeah. um, just unbelievable. And then in the third movie, which, you know, Godfather Part 3, a lot of people deride, um, and rightly so in some cases. Uh, I seem to remember a helicopter assassination scene at the beginning of that, um, oh, which, yeah. was, which was kind of weird. Um, but by the end of it, he's an old man in Sicily, and you see him just sitting there alone in his chair, and you know they've obviously dyed his hair and all that and made him look older. But I was really affected by. It. I remember crying my bloody eyes out at that. Just that whole character arc. I think I watched them all, all three of them in in one day or in a weekend once. Yeah, just phenomenal. And you know, probably not the most quotable when it comes to um, who who what are you fucking owl? But you know, in general, <laughs> in general, I just think his his actual performance, his understated performance in that is he's is his best um, yeah but yeah give me heat also insomnia christopher nolan i really liked insomnia oh that's good the, as well i forgot about Scandinavian that. movie yeah I, I, not a lot of people really see that i think it's i don't think it's on on blu-ray at the moment i think it's been uh kind of backlisted for a little while so i don't know what's, what the deal is with that but anyway getting back to the topic al pacino happy birthday sir 83 years old today and filling us with sheer joy uh for most of your life so we salute you. Happy birthday, sir. Happy birthday, Al. <laughs> Phil, got any uh, any news for us? I do. I've got a little golden nugget of news. Ooh. Would you like to hear it? I do love golden nuggets, as you know. <laughs> I love gold! <laughs> <laughs> so this is the news um, that is on the heels of um, Paramount's success with uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog films. Mm-hmm. The second one having... Well, it's in cinemas at the moment, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I've not seen either of them, to be fair. The first one's great. Um, yeah, I've heard they're okay. Mm. I've heard they're pretty good. Um, I'm not against them. Um, so yeah, hot on that, the success of that. Sega, who is obviously the creator of Sonic the Hedgehog, mm-hmm. or uh, are bringing another classic game oh, to the go screen. On. Go on. And that will be side-scrolling beat-em-up <gasps> Streets of Rage. Ah. <gasps> Ah, ah. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, that's, yeah. It's an Axel. Ah, yeah, ah. <laughs> Axel. That was one of the characters. Every time, yeah. every time we'd hit someone, you would be playing that game. It had one sound effect. Ah, ah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know, there's a bit of a revival of um, game. Yeah, obviously, there's a lot of films that are based on games. Yeah. Um, some shite, and some a bit better. And some really shite. Um, I mean, most of them are shite, to be fair. I would say yeah. most of them are. I mean, even, you know, he talks about Sonic the Hedgehog. Even that, it's it's not set in the Sonic world. It's set in our world. So it's still not Sonic the Hedgehog. It's, yeah, it's still, still a bit weird. It's still, yeah, yeah it's close to super, the original Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> you know. Which is amazing. Which is the greatest movie of all time, as you know, having listened to the Video Store Corner section of that episode. Yep. And, uh, well, because also on the game thing, you've got um, Tom Holland in um, Uncharted coming out soon. The yeah. very big new release that's very yeah. eagerly anticipated based on a game as well. Yeah. Um, it's, it's been been and gone. It was um, slated. Well, Uncharted? Yeah. Well, it's been released already. Yeah. <laughs> I just missed that completely. <laughs> Has it really? Yeah. You've been busy, Phil. You've been busy. <laughs> I've been under a fucking rock as well. I've been. <laughs> you have. Yeah, it, it came and went. It was Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg and it yeah, it, it mostly reviews wise were on the 
not so great side, oh, right. unfortunately. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Well, thanks for bringing me up to date. Um, I try. I try. I can only watch so many movies, you know. Wow. Yeah, me too. Um, which is none. Uh, Derek Kolstad, he is the um, guy who created uh, John Wick, obviously mm -hmm. immensely popular John Wick franchise. Yeah, he and wrote also, Yeah, he wrote it. And he also uh, wrote the Bob Odenkirk uh, actioner, Nobody, which I yes. absolutely loved. Came out a year ago this week. We watched yeah. it a year ago this yeah. weekend. So he's he's done the script for this for Streets of Rage. I'm in. So <laughs> yeah, me too. I just I hope it's in the 80s though. I, if if it's like in like mm. a retro bet, 80s New won't. York City, you know, punks, you know, with like pink hair and like yellow like leather jackets and stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean the same producer, the uh, DJ Two Entertainment, who did Sonic, uh, uh, producing this, producing this. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows what it'll be like? Um, hmm. It's Streets of Rage as a game. Who knows? Oh. Um, in other news, uh, I take it this is quite interesting. So you know I'm a big fan of the director Joseph Kaczynski, right? The guy that directed Tron Legacy and Oblivion. I do know that, yeah. So I don't know why, I just am. I just love his, start, his visual style. Um, he has got not one but two films coming out this year. Of course... The previously mentioned Top Gun Maverick with Tom mm. Cruise, which we know full well is coming out this year. Hopefully, it's slipped, I think, two years in a row now. But yeah, it's coming out in May this year. Yep. Um, and now this, Spiderhead, which is not a Spider-Man related spider movie. Um, mm. It is, in fact, Netflix's new prison-based drama. Uh, or sci-fi drama, I should say, starring Chris Hemsworth and Miles Teller. Oh. Um, this is basically about a state-of-the-art penitentiary run by a brilliant visionary called Steve Abnesti, played by Chris Hemsworth, right. uh, where inmates wear a surgically attached device that administers dosages of mind-altering drugs in exchange for commuted sentences. And there are no bars, no cells, or you know, prison prison clothes. They're just regular people in in the world in spiderhead right. incarcerated volunteers are free to be themselves until they're not so at times they're a better version of themselves um if they need a, a drug to lighten themselves up or they need a drug to you know talk a little more or um whatever so they they use they boost all of these these individuals to give them basically a, a, more more senses but when two subjects uh jeff played by Miles Teller, and Lizzie, played by Journey Smollett, form a connection, their path to redemption takes a twistier turn as Abnesti's experiments start to push the limits of free will altogether. Um, I mean, it sounds interesting. It is, it's based on a, on a short story written by George Saunders, um, but it's, it is written by Deadpool's Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, who okay. have the ability to turn, you know, a, a decent phrase. So... Directed by Joe Kaczynski, starring Chris Hemsworth and Miles Teller, um, and written by two, you know, very, very good scriptwriters. So, um, haven't seen the trailer for that yet. Just it's just press press shots, and there's no release date as yet. But keep your eyes peeled for a release date, and we'll be bringing you up to speed on that, no doubt, as and when we get the latest news on it. Cool. So, yes. Did you say uh, that was a series? It's a series, is it? It's a, it's a movie. Oh, it's a movie. It's, right. Okay. It's a movie. Yeah. It's Interesting. A movie. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. I'm still waiting for him to do 
Yeah, I know you like you like a good prison drama, don't you? I do. Lock up, lock up, for example. Um, escape plan. I like that one too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think Sylvester Stallone's in this one, sadly, Phil. Although you never oh, know, well, that I'm might out. be the twistier part. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But if he's not, I'm out. Definitely. Speaking of uh, Chris Hemsworth, jumping into the trailers, there's probably only one place to start. Um, and that, of course, is the teaser trailer for Taika Waititi's Thor Love and Thunder. Have you seen this? I have not seen this yet. No. Oh, okay. Well, it looks great. It starts with the the strains of Guns N' Roses' Sweet Child of Mine. Um, and it shows a young Thor, so like a child you know, version of Thor, running and then yeah. it kind of you see him running and then he's growing up into a teenage Thor and then it's Chris Hemsworth and it's all this really nice kind of shot, edited shot, um, which by the way, incidentally, side note, his son plays the youngest Thor at the beginning oh, when you see him as cool. a little kid running. Um, but this looks really cool. So uh, as we saw at the end of Avengers Endgame, you'll remember, Phil, you saw it very recently. And spoiler alert for anyone that hasn't seen Avengers Endgame, uh, if you haven't seen it, then, you know, really, you shouldn't be listening to this. You should be watching Avengers Endgame. Um, Thor leaves Earth with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and in this, we see elements of the quote-unquote Asgardians of the Galaxy hanging out. But it doesn't look like they're going to be around together too long. It kind of seems like they may be a goodbye in this. Um, we see Thor looking fairly similar to Thanos in, in Avengers Endgame at the beginning, where he's kind of sat pondering, thinking. Um, and this is, I think, about maybe Thor finding his purpose in a post-Thanos universe. Um, so could be could be interesting from that perspective. We see some other shots of some other characters. There's not a huge amount given away in this trailer. I would say that this is actually a perfect example of how you do a teaser trailer because it doesn't just lay out the synopsis of the entire movie to a point where you know exactly what's going to happen. Case in point, Ambulance, Michael Bay, the trailer gave absolutely everything away um, and there were no real surprises in that. Um, mm. But this does show the setting really well. It shows the the vibe of, of the film, you know, the comedy elements. And also it looks amazing. It looks really colorful and it looks like a comic book. It, right. it looks like a comic book. So it looks great. And just one last thing at the very end, we then see Natalie Portman returning as Jane Foster. But here she's playing the, a female version of the mighty Thor herself um, mm -hmm. with a somewhat broken looking Mjolnir. So well, I, will, I will avenge you. Father, I will no. save you, Mother. No one wants a broken Mjolnir. I will kill you, Mjolnir. Um, <laughs> I will come on to that. But um, it looks awesome. I'm so excited for it. It, it just looks great. Uh, so, you know, hopefully another home run from Taika Waititi and Marvel with, with that. So go watch the, cool. the teaser trailer for Thor Love and Thunder when you can. Phil, I, I understand you've seen a trailer this week. I have. Oh. And... Uh, this is featuring our, um, the, uh, I, I would say, uh, I'm going to speak for you when I say this, but I'd say movie mouth favorite Gerard Butler. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. And you know, he's not really, he's not known for making like the biggest budget sort of like brilliant films. Do you know what he'd say to that? Do you know what he'd say to that? If he heard you say that in person? Well, he'd, he'd, he'd kick me in the chest down a well, wouldn't he? Like but a big well. that, he'd say. Slow motion. <laughs> Let's play a game of fuck off. You go first. <laughs> then he'll kick me down a well. <laughs> and then he'll kick you down a well. I'd love that. I mean, I'd, yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. I just hope it was a big always, well. Um, 
So yes, this is um, Last Scene Alive, uh, which was originally I'm in already. title. You've got me at Jerry Butler <laughs> and Last Scene Alive, the title. Done. Brilliant. I'm in. Uh, this actually looks quite, um, it's quite a serious one, this, I think. Oh. Um, so it was, it was originally entitled Chase, I believe. And it follows uh, Butler's character, Will Spann, as he searches for his wife, who vanished without a trace while the two were at a gas station. Um, uh, so portrayed, uh, his wife's portrayed by um, Jamie Alexander. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Lisa Spann is on the way to her parents' house amid the couple's pending divorce when she disappears. So they're, they're having a bit of a bad time uh, of it, and they're arguing mm-hmm. quite a lot. And mm-hmm. yeah, they sort of pull up at this gas station in the trailer and she goes in to get something while he's filling up the car and, uh, yeah, she disappears. And then <laughs> it just looks like the rest of the film is a all out, um, butler fest of him sort of shaking people and punching them and shooting at them and exploding. It like, um, it sounds like breakdown, the, the Kurt Russell movie where he, his car breaks down at the side of the road or whatever. And, his wife goes missing, and then he has oh. to go find her. I, I don't think I've seen that. Um, but yeah, it looks like it could be pretty good. Like he's, he doesn't play like a full-on, you know, he's not like an ex-cop or anything. I don't he's not an astronaut he's, in this one. No, he's not an astronaut or a rocket scientist <laughs> or a, um, a Spartan. He's just... Uh, or, the, or the president's bodyguard. <laughs> no. I think he's just a guy, and he's got no formal weapons training. <laughs> but um, yeah, he goes on a bit of a try and find the truth type mission, but okay. obviously probably under a bit of um, uh, suspicion from his wife's parents because they know that they're having a bit of a bad time. So who knows? But it, look, it looks like it could be really interesting. It's out on um, uh, June the 3rd. Okay. That does that does so, sound yeah. interesting. I and we love a bit of Gerald Butler, don't we? We do love a bit we of do. Gerald Butler. We do. And I think even when he's playing, you know, when he's being serious, I think he's still he's still a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm definitely down for it. I'm just trying to see who the director is. Brian Goodman. It's Brian Goodman. He's Brian. not done too much featured directing, but he's been an actor, like smaller parts in in a lot of TV uh, things. Um, you might be able to. Yeah, it doesn't uh, really seem like he's. It doesn't really seem like he's been in a in a great deal. No, oh, I'm sorry, directed a great deal. No, His last I film was like with he's... Antonio Banderas and Jonathan Rhys Meyers. Uh, yeah, Black Butterfly. Okay, all right. Well, you know, down down for it. If it's got Jerry in it, I'm in. <laughs> Sold. Done. Um, and when did you say that one comes out? June the third. Ooh, so not too long. Okay, I'm definitely going to watch a trailer for that. Yeah. Um, all right. I think in terms of the podcast should we jump into some reviews phil what do you let's think? do it let's We've got do quite it. a few let's on we go then yes well uh i think i'll get started off if that works for you you go for it yeah is that all right are you sure you don't before mind. beauty <laughs> shit <got> before shovel <laughs> i've never heard that shit before <laughs> shovel have you never heard that one before no it's actually not speaking of of, of funny sayings I didn't know that Americans didn't know the term get on like a house on fire. Oh, really? Never heard it. I said it in front of some friends the other day and they were like, uh, one of my uh, friends uh, actually from, from Texas, Pat his name is, which is confusing because most people call me Pat. Like, oh, Pat, yeah. Pat. Um, and I said, oh, you know, get on like a house on fire. And he was like, you know, we got to 
I got to write that one down because we ain't got that down there in Texas. I sure <laughs> do please, like it. Please don't set fire to my house. <laughs> Is that what he sounds like? <laughs> yes. Pat, if you're listening, I apologize. Sorry, Pat. Terrible, Pat, I do terrible apologize. Impression. And I do know he's a listener, so. Okay. Um, sorry, Pat. Don't, don't um, hate you, Pat. All right. Th- speaking about Americans blowing things up, let's go to Michael Bay and uh, Amazon. Oh, I like it there. Yes, you do. <laughs> Michael, Bay. Michael Bay. <laughs> I spent a weekend at Michael Bay oh, Resort Michael and Bay. Casino. Beautiful beach at Michael Bay. <laughs> what a wonderful bar. Wonderful bar. Sold the best it's whiskey. Warm all year round with all the explosions oh, going off. The trees. Uh, and the, oh, it's Bayhem. It is Bayhem. It absolute Bayhem. Uh, <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, so. Oh, yeah, this is this show has become an absolute shambles already. But it's it's right because in in the same theme that Michael Bay movies are just unending, lengthy, bizarre rants on society. So has this podcast become? So Ambulance <laughs> is uh, what Michael Bay would class as his small movie. Uh, Michael Bay, of course, director of such screen gems as uh, The Rock, Armageddon, uh, Bad Boys One and Two. Uh, Pearl Harbor, etc. Um, you'll know his films for uh, the sheer deafening sound mix that he uses. The number of sh- uh, camera shots going up young women's bottoms uh, and following them around uh, rather inappropriately these days, um, and of course, lots of slow motion and whirling cameras to you know the extent that Hot Fuzz, the uh, the excellent Edgar Wright Simon Pegg film, uh, you know, obviously traded on a lot of those uh, a lot of those traits. Um, so Ambulance, it basically sees Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen playing a set of brothers uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, one of them uh, is the good brother, played by Yahya Abdul-Mateen, and the other one is Danny, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, who's the bad brother. Uh, he is <laughs> a criminal, basically, a career criminal. Um, he is. He would be played by you know, Nicolas Cage, if this was in the, in the mid to late nineties. Uh, and you know, I think probably Will Smith would be playing Will Sharp, who is the good brother. If this was in in the nineties, um, (laughs) this, this sees, uh, Will, the good brother needing money to cover his wife's medical bills. He is a decorated army veteran. Um, he teams up with his, his brother, Danny, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, um, to steal $32 million from a Los Angeles bank. However, when they, yeah, that's a lot of dough. When their getaway, when their getaway goes spectacularly wrong, the desperate thieves hijack an ambulance that's carrying a severely wounded cop and an EMT worker caught in a high speed chase. The two siblings must figure out a way to outrun the law while keeping their hostages alive. Um, shout out as well to Aiza Gonzalez, who plays the EMT Cam. Um, she's really, really great in this. Um, goes through a lot. You know, she's got Jake Gyllenhaal and Yaya Abdul-Mateen, who I think are two of the, the best working actors in in film and stage today, um, and and manages to keep up with them. Um, this the the plot of this is you know basically a bank heist which then turns into a chase movie. So it's very, very, very 90s. It's basically like taking heat and colliding that with speed and maybe throwing in some a little bit, bit more Michael Mann, um, such as Collateral, which was a, obviously a 2000s movie, but with Jamie Foxx and Tom Cruise. Brilliant. Very, very similar in, in, in execution. The big difference being is that this is directed by Michael Bay. So it's not entirely coherent. 
there's a lot of cameras flying around for no apparent reason and you know amazing drone shots there's just there's just 400 drone shots in this of, of drones <laughs> flying up the side of buildings onto the roof and then out over la for no reason and, and it's just so it's just insane um I saw this in IMAX. It's also the loudest fucking movie I have ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> to the point where my girlfriend stuffed ripped up pieces of napkin into her ears in order to wow. mask the sound. It was Jesus. so loud. Um, you know, and but you know, it's 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 dumb. It's a really dumb movie. It's 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 so stupid and dumb, but because in the old 90s action movies you had these incredible, these incredible actors and talent that can actually carry off the dumbness. The dumbness is in the, in the script and in the direction, but the, the, the way that the actors portray it in such an earnest fashion makes it really, really good. And I, I, I love you know, any kind of throwback to these kind of 90s action movies. And for me, I really enjoyed this. Um, I'll, I'll maybe summarize you know, where this sits in the movies that, that we've watched this week because there's some massive movies that we watched this week towards the end of the review section. Um, but I would say for sure, this is Michael Bay's best movie since Bad Boys 2, which I know Bad Boys 2 isn't the, the best movie in the world, but, you know, after a lot of the other movies like The Island and, and you know, I think the first Transformers movie actually is a masterpiece, so maybe more so the first Transformers movie, but the rest mm. of them are really, really quite shockingly bad. Um, I really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed it. I have to say, I don't think it's for everybody. Uh, it is a really dumb, silly movie, um, but it's just perfect Friday, Saturday night, you know, fair. Um, just absolutely. It's, I, I came out of it and I felt like I had been in a traumatic event for, <laughs> for a good two hours. It was like, I just want to sit down now and, you know, smoke a cigarette and have a camera all around me, you know, in 360 <laughs> yeah. while I'm recounting what the hell just happened at sunset standing on a dock somewhere. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, and, and, you know, and also quite encouraging when you see that it was on a budget of 40 million. So Michael Bay can do these quote unquote small movies. Um, but still, you know, it's, it's worth a watch, you know, and if, if it's still on in the theater and if, if you're that way inclined, I recommend, you know, taking a, if you, you know, an afternoon to go, to go watch it, you know, if you're not that into your testosterone fueled action, you know, uh, car car movies and all this this kind of stuff, maybe maybe give it a miss. Um, but you're, if you listen to the Movie Mouth podcast, I reckon you you might quite like it. So I'm going to give it a recommend for Ambulance, available Ooh. in cinemas and theaters where you are right now. Thank you. <laughs> Well done. Um, uh, yeah, I want to see that. I want to see that. It looks right. You, on my you're going to absolutely love it, Phil. Yeah, you're going to absolutely will. love it. Well, I like it as much as Godzilla vs Kong. I think you'll like it more. No, impossible. Only because I despise Godzilla vs Kong. Which... I despise you. You. <laughs> <laughs> what episode are we? Episode forty. Thirty-seven. Oh it's no, like, it's about forty with the uh, specials. Be. Yeah. So after 40 episodes, you're finally, here comes the divorce, kids. Oh, no, not again. <laughs> Flashback to when I was seven. Jesus. Back in therapy. <laughs> Off he goes. Um, shall we move on? Next review. Yes. Try, try don't we move on to the, to the Northman. Would you like to talk to the Northman? 
I'm not going to try a uh, <laughs> an accent, a, a Slavic accent. Um, but yes, this was quite eagerly anticipated. We both mm. see this, didn't we? We both see it. The, we did um, both see it. We saw the trailer I went to the first. cinema. We talked about the trailer, didn't we? First, we talked about we the tra- trailer foaming at the mouth, year. weren't we? Yeah. Mm. Um, and yeah, so this is um, directed by Robert Eggers. And I'll give you a little bit about the plot. So, yeah, Prince Amleth is on the verge of becoming a man when his father is brutally murdered by his uncle who kidnaps the boy's mother. Now, no spoilers there because that happens in the trailer. All of that happens in the trailer. You don't, and it's in the IMD, IMDb synopsis. Yes, it is. Um, two decades later, Amleth is now a Viking who raids Slavic villages. Uh, he soon meets a, um, a seeress, is the word. It is the word. word. I've never read before in my life. Seeress, who reminds You've him never of seared, his vow. seen the seeress. <laughs> no, I've never seen the seeress. Uh, yes, she reminds him of his vow to save his mother, kill his uncle, and avenge his father. Mm-hmm. So what we get is... I would say a pretty bloody spectacular film. Oh. Um, it is very gritty. It's very violent. Um, but I think it's also played with a real sense of, um, from Alexander Skarsgård, who plays, who plays Amleth. I think he does a fantastic job in this. He plays, he plays a man that's got the weight of um, a task that needs doing on his shoulders. And you can tell, you know, because he, again, I'm not going to spoil anything about this, but as I said in the synopsis, he's, you know, he he grows up and we catch up with him later on. Mm-hmm. And he's at that point turned into this like badass berserker, basically. Yeah. Um, pillaging and, you know, doing all the things that Vikings did. Um, but all the while still plotting his revenge against his uncle. And yeah, it's just an absolutely great um great film i think i think what i liked most about it is the mix and and something i potentially potentially didn't expect is that it focuses on the mythology um of the norse norse culture as well as like the the reality of it oh do you know what i love you that's exactly what i was going to say that's yeah. exactly what I was going to say. And I, I so didn't expect, I, yeah, that. I didn't expect yeah. it to go that way. I thought it was going yeah. to be a bit more of an all-out revenge sort of thing. But yeah. there's some great scenes in the uh, talking about the mythology of things that we won't go into. But they're really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it goes also, to an almost Guillermo del Toro place in certain moments, but yeah. then cuts back to actually, and this is probably what really happened. You know, yeah. and it's it's that's brilliantly it. done, isn't it? It's, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's exactly what I've, I'm so happy you picked up on that because that's exactly what I took away from it. Yeah, it's, yeah, absolutely. And I think what another thing to say about this film is it looks absolutely stunning as well. Yeah. The, the, the way it's shot, it's got a lot of, um, it's got some fantastic like panning camera shots in this sort of during battle and things like that. that um, you know, it could have been done with cuts, but it makes it feel more, on the floor, you're sort of in the action with the the panning sort of cameras and long takes. It's got quite a few like long takes as they're sort of going through, you know, in the sort of more actiony parts. Yeah. Um, soundtrack was 
brilliant, like really Amazing. good. Yeah. Um, again, this was really loud actually in the cinema. I watched it in. It was very loud, but it, I think for this film, it needs to be to sort of ram home points of sort of drama and just also just really good, um, good performances. Cause you've got, um, you've got, uh, Nicole Kidman, uh, playing, uh, Amleth's mother. You've got Ethan mm-hmm. Hawke playing his father. Um, Anya Taylor joy, mm-hmm. uh, is in this as well. She's, I thought, she's fantastic. I thought she was great. I, I thought Clace Bang, who was his uncle Phil near, I thought he was amazing. And oh, he was really very good. Yeah. 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 Fjolnir, being his uncle's name, yeah. and and of course Fjolnir. William Defoe, <laughs> Willem. I think you, I think you'll find it's Willem. <laughs> no, it's definitely William. William, I've heard you say a hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for me, this was this completely exceeded my expectations. I thought it was going to be from the trailer. I thought it looked really cool. Well, I thought, whoa, this could this could be awesome, but it's probably going to turn into a really silly sort of Viking over the top film not mm-hmm. at all it's just really really well done um and yeah loved it massive recommend from me on this one i i think i, I i'm actually surprised because i think the trailer told a diff or maybe laid out a different movie to what this was i think the trailer maybe was more mm. was more gladiator and i think yeah i think we got a much more art house trippy psychedelic movie um mm. but i think that was i think that just added a lot more depth to it i i would say that i i did enjoy this film but i don't think it's the kind of thing i'd want to watch again like it's kind of one of those things where i'm like okay i've watched that now because it's so gory and there's so much death and brutality in it it's yeah. A really, really brutal film. There's a lot of heads being lopped off and fucking <laughs> like stabbings and guts being spilled out and Yeah. You know, and More visually than I thought, yeah. Than for a fifteen. It's a fifteen certificate over here. Is UK. it really? Yeah. yeah. It's it's rated it was rated R here. Yeah. Mature. But it was really, really quite gory. Um oh, yeah. and a lot of like dead bodies and things and like and that doesn't usually get to me but, but i think because this film is so gritty and and you know he's covered in mud for most of the film or and he looks <laughs> freezing cold he's half naked for most of it um it is a phenomenal it's a phenomenal movie all around it's phenomenal performances all around it's brilliantly directed you that the scene you talk about with the 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 vikings kind of taking the village and and pillaging the village right kind of towards the beginning when we first see him growing up it's such an such an incredible sequence when he's jumping off the wall and throwing, grabbing a spear and throwing it back. It's so amazing that they actually he actually then you kind of think, well, that's the movie it could be, but then he kind of pairs it down and tones it down into something a lot more intimate and and less, you know, big Viking story. And yeah. actually, it's 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 very nuanced and very very well done. Um, and just visually, like you said, some amazing sequences that, that there's a tree of Kings or a tree of succession that you see, which is a Norse myth where you see these kind of Kings hanging on the branches, you know, and as certain people perish, you'll see them added to this tree. It's just really mm. beautiful, incredible movie. And as you said, amazing performances. I just don't know whether I'd ever watch it again. I just feel like it's something you have to see and definitely worth seeing in the theater, but is it something I want to watch again? Probably wouldn't for a long time, I would say. Yeah, 
I know what you mean. Yeah, you sort of certainly got to strap this. Having known what it's like now that I've seen it once, you'd have to strap yeah. yourself in and be very open to watching it again yes. <laughs> and going through yeah. the uh, experience again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. Really cool scene with Bjork as well in there. She's yes. starring in the. hasn't been in anything since um, uh, Dancer in the Dark, which was like 2000 or something, whatever. I can't even yeah, remember. Yeah, ages ago, yeah. Um, but she was really, there's a really cool scene with her in this. It'd be great to yeah. see her in more stuff. Um, but yeah, definitely gets a recommend from me also. Um, so go check out The Northman, which is available in theaters pretty much everywhere, I think around the world as we speak. So Phil went to see it. I went to see it. We enjoyed it. Go watch it. Go check it out. Do it. Do it now. Come on, do it. The Northman. I, uh, uh, uh. Um... <laughs> Well, I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and break your goddamn spine. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just, there needs to be a recut of the Northman with Arnie quote while <laughs> Skarsgård's like doing stuff to people. <laughs> just Arnie as Conan. Do you know what I mean? Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Need to see that. Need to see it. Uh, sorry about that, folks. Um, okay. Let's move on to our third but not final Nicolas Cage movie of this week's Movie Mouth podcast. Mm. It is the long anticipated, the long awaited, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Um, this is, as many of you will probably know, it's hard to kind of escape this movie right now. This is an action-packed comedy starring Nicolas Cage as Nick Cage, um, channeling his iconic characters as he's caught between a superfan, played by the Mandalorian himself, Pedro Pascal, and a CIA agent played by Tiffany Haddish. This is directed by uh, Tom Gormican, um, who so far doesn't didn't really have a huge deal of of you know kind of movies and things that he he directed. I think his last movie he directed was a long time ago, the awkward moment, um, or that awkward moment, which was a Zac Efron movie, um, but hasn't really directed a heck of a lot since then. So it kind of came out of left field, this. We loved the trailer, didn't we? We absolutely we did. loved the trailer, in particular the second trailer, which I think was just put it into the, you know, cannot miss category for me. Yeah. Um, so I went to see this one. This one's available in the theaters now. It basically um, has a really nice meta, you know, Hollywood in-joke kind of vibe to it because obviously, you know, if you like, for example, Entourage TV series, which is, you know, about actors making it in Hollywood, this has that kind of end of end of you know career type um, performance from, from Cage. Basically, he's caught between his family life and his estranged ex-wife and their daughter, uh, and making the life better for them, or focusing on the next one million dollar you know movie that he's going to get a, a paycheck for. Um, so he he does riff on himself in this. He does you know take the piss out of himself, which is which is great to see. Um, you know, he also clearly revels in playing himself. Right. Uh, and he is basically relocated to, for a million dollars, relocated to uh, Mallorca to, um, to basically attend the birthday party of, uh, of Pedro Pascal, who is um, allegedly the world's biggest Nicolas Cage fan. Um, but there's also something else at play here. And it becomes not only a you know Hollywood bashing comedy, but also a a kind of spy 
comedy, buddy cop kind of comedy as well, somewhere in there. Um, and we see we see Nick Cage uh, basically taking part in a subterfuge scheme to unearth the truth behind a, a kidnapping of a young girl <laughs> in this film, um, which is which is great. If you're a Nick Cage fan, uh, you're going to have a lot to enjoy here because most of it is you know focused on his past performances. There are clips from The Rock. There are clips from um, so many of his movies, even the movies that I I haven't even seen or at least heard of in this. Um, there are quotes from from all of them. Also, uh, there is a scene where he's on a private plane and he sees The Rock on TV and he kind of turns the TV off, um, which is <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um, in in the most part, it's made with it's made with uh, you know it's made very uncynically. Um, it's a, it's a lot of fun in in places. Um, I would say probably the the best thing about it is how is the chemistry between Nick Cage and Pedro Pascal. There is a amazing hallucinogenic fueled um, paranoid escape to a seaside town in Mallorca between Pedro Pascal and Nick Cage, which was a lot of fun. It was very very funny, and probably most people had most people laughing uh, in the theater when when I went to see when we went to see it. Um, however, it probably doesn't kind of explain. It, it probably doesn't delve too deeply into the the kind of wackiness of Nick Cage cuz Nick Cage is a really crazy bizarre human being. I mean he is <laughs> oh, a very unusual oh, yeah. person. Yeah. Um and this doesn't really make him seem like that. It kind of just makes him seem like this kind of beaten down, depressed, you know, uh, I was going to say middle-aged crisis but you know certainly later stage career crisis person. Um it does have a lot of madcap moments. There is also an excellent um, uh, kind of de-aged de version of Nick Cage, an, an early 90s version of Nick Cage that he plays a lot of scenes against in this, which is, just looks amazing. It's a deep fake that they've used, basically, but he, yeah. he looks like, you know, he's 30, you know, 28 to 30 or whatever, and he's yeah. absolutely amazing. Um, those scenes were, were all great. But it didn't really, it didn't have me in stitches throughout the film. It didn't really, it didn't make, it didn't make me laugh that much. I felt like the writing of it maybe was a little flat in some places. There were a couple of points where I even, you know, granted I'd probably had a big night the night before, but I even felt a little tired and a little, my head, my eyelids getting a little heavy at certain kind of dull points in the, in the script, Oh, which I wasn't expecting. Um, but it's, it's definitely a film that's worth you know, the, the two hours runtime, you know, if you love Nick Cage, you're going to want to see it. Um, you know, I rushed out to the the theater to see it. I would say I would probably just walk to the theater next time if, <laughs> if I knew what this film was. Um, but for the most part, the unbearable weight of massive talent gets a movie mouth podcast recommendation. Um, and you know, there are probably a lot of Nicholas Cage fans out there that have seen this, that absolutely love this movie. I am a big Nicholas Cage fan. I didn't love it, but come at me because I'm not sure it's exactly what we thought it was going to be from the trailers, unfortunately. Oh. Um, I'm still going to see it. I think you have to. I'm, I, it's, I'm surprised that you haven't seen it, to be honest, that you weren't there in line. It's just a time thing. Like I, was watch, I watched The Northman and they showed the trailer for this before The Northman. I was like, oh, why can't they just show the whole thing before? <laughs> <laughs> it would um, be an interesting double bill. I think you'd want to see The Northman the first. Northman. 
I'll see the Northman first, and then you'd watch the unbearable weight of massive talent. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it'd be a bit hard to do it the other way around. <laughs> does Nick Nick Cage quote? Oh, not the bees, not the bees. <laughs> yes, he does in this film. So it's got a lot of that, you know. It's got a lot yeah, of that. I, I think I, I like the bit in the trailer where, <laughs> you know, you saying how odd a person he is, and that they, sh- they there's that scene where he's in his house, I think, and they show this like waxwork that looks nothing like it's meant to be Nicolas Cage, but it's like really yeah. bad. It's like that you see on the internet and he's like, that's horrible. He's like, I'll give you $20,000 yeah. for it. Or he's like, he's like, how much did it cost? He's like, uh, Pedro Pascal's like, $5,000. He goes, I'll give you 20000 for it right now. <laughs> see, that sounds like something Nicolas Cage would do. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. 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 So, I'm still going to watch it. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. You know, you're going to watch it anyway. Just from from my perspective, from a comedy perspective, it didn't it didn't hit the heights I thought it was going to get to. It wasn't quite as good as I thought it was going to be. Um, and it definitely they definitely used that second trailer, I think, to edit that to get the best out of the comedy beats. Um, mm. I just again, you know, as a film fan, it, you've got to see it. As a Nicolas Cage fan, it's unmissable. Um, but let, let us know what you think. So the unbearable weight of massive talent gets a Movie Mouth podcast recommendation. And that's not all, because Nick Cage ain't done, ladies and children. Ladies and children? Hello, ladies and children. <laughs> ladies and children. Ladies and children what about the, the gentleman? first? <laughs> Don't forget the gentleman. <laughs> ladies and children. I don't remember understand. number five. I think all these Nick Cage movies have just frazzled my brain, to be honest. I've I just, think it's they just have. Been, it's, been, it's been too much. Anyway, Phil, <clears throat> speaking of Nick Cage, a little bit out of breath. It's time for this! Well, for our new listeners, Video Store Corner is our classic film discussion section where we like to rent a movie from the video store era and sit down to watch it, just like... Back in the old days. And then we discuss it in spoiler-filled detail. We release our video store corner picks each week on our Instagram account to give you a little time to watch it with us in anticipation of each episode. So head on over to Instagram and search for at Movie Mouth Podcast and hit follow to be alerted when we're announcing the next video store corner movie. And what we also do is we enable our listeners to now vote on a choice that both Phil and I pick each week that we run the podcast. And when we allow you to vote on which one you would like us to watch, um, it just stops us from fighting, doesn't it, Phil? Yeah, generally. The lawyers basically asked us in the divorce, didn't they? They said, you know, obviously to, to split the alimony fairly, get the listeners to vote on the, uh, on yeah. the video store corner. You, yeah, you can't have a majority vote. Yeah. And yeah. Phil, Phil gets the kids at weekends and, uh, and I get them during the week doing the school run, don't I? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> And what was it between this week, Miles? Well, this week we it was between uh, Joel Schumacher's Eight Millimeter, yeah. and also starring Nick Cage, and Brian De Palma's Snake Eyes. And with a vote of forty-two percent to fifty-eight in the favour oh, of the funny. latter, of course, Snake Eyes was slightly more popular, which is kind of a shame <laughs> because I don't think I've seen Eight Millimeter. Have you, Phil? <laughs> no, I don't think I have. <laughs> <laughs> We've both seen Snake Eyes. Yeah, but to, uh, a long time ago, to be fair. Yeah. Because um, this came out in when? 98, wasn't it? 1998. Yeah. What a year. 
What a year. Um, can't name anything else that came out that year. Oh, yes, I can. Saving Private Ryan came oh, out that year. What a film. And that, ladies and gentlemen, or ladies and children, is a fucking film. <laughs> <laughs> and that, ladies and children, <laughs> is a fucking film. <laughs> Phil, uh, would you, could you do me a favor? Can you roll yeah. the dice and tell us what Snake Eyes is about, please? Well, I mean, can anyone tell you what Snake Eyes is about? <laughs> He's pausing while he tries to find IMDb. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm getting my notes back up. I just tried to... Uh, anyway, right. So the plot. Um, the plot. Detective Rick Santoro, Nicholas Cage, uh, has never played by the rules. When he attends a high-profile boxing match with his friend Navy Commander Kevin Dunn, uh, played by Gary Sinese, as well as Defence Secretary Kirkland, played by Joel Fabini, sorry, Fabiani, um, he witnesses a terrorist assassinate Kirkland. Um, despite a lockdown on the arena, key witness Julia Costello, played by Carla Gugino, uh, escape. <laughs> she escapes. And Santoro begins to suspect Kirkland's death is part of a much larger conspiracy that involves boxing rivals and a beautiful stranger. Oh, beautiful stranger. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, that maybe wasn't clear. Basically, he goes to a boxing match and loads of shit happens and someone dies. I would say that's the perfect way of summing it up. They should have just put that on the back of the DVD or the video. They should have. The day. Videotape. Um, I would say for the majority, I would say for the first say 10 minutes of this movie, I wasn't fully aware that Nick Cage was actually a policeman because I thought he was just some schmoozing... He was like a pimp. Pimp, yeah. In a, in a, a snake skin jacket. He's got a gold jacket. mobile phone in like a he gold is, jacket yeah. and, a, and a, like a, like a yellow and bronze Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, with the, with the absolute... All the buttons done down to his... All navel, the buttons basically. done. His hairy chest protruding, protruding. from the neckline. Yeah. yeah. Um... Yeah, he looks like a pimp, basically. And he's he's <laughs> hanging out with his best friend, who is a naval officer, uh, mm. who's dressed as a naval officer. They're both from the same part of Atlantic City, apparently. And yeah. he's got him front row tickets to the fight. It's just, it's so weird. It's such a weird, oh, he's, so he's all these cool things, but he's also a cop, you know? Yeah. And at no point in this film, I don't think, did I ever feel like Nick Cage was actually a cop. A Only detective. when he got, when he got serious, when he realizes that shit's going down, he well, goes we'll, pretty we'll copy. Then that. he's like straight. Yeah, all right. Yeah, well, we, yeah, okay. When when the gunshots ring out and blah blah blah, but but really, he's most interested in getting his ten thousand dollars back that he lost on the fight. You know, he's yeah. not really he's not <laughs> yeah. really interested in finding out who killed who in this. Not really. Well, well, yeah, Would you it's really Gary Sinise who is. <laughs> running around trying to solve the crime, which we later find yeah. out, <gasps> shock horror, he's the one behind it all. He is the mastermind. <gasps> you spoiler. <laughs> but, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, it was so obvious from the beginning of this film that Gary Sinise oh, yeah. is behind he it all. Like, he plays that really like, like dodgy, like, oh, he's, he's got he's really shifty eyes, friend. hasn't he? He's Super got really shifty eyes. shifty eyes. Yeah. Where is Gary Sinise now? What's he doing? He's, well, He's no, I think he's suffering from ME actually. I think he's been, oh, is he? Yeah, I think he's been oh, quite ill. That. Yeah, these last few last few years. Oh, 
um, he may have he may have officially retired or formally retired. But right. uh, obviously, those those who would know him as um, probably his his most well known role would be in Forrest Gump, wouldn't it? As Lieutenant, Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan. You got magic legs. <laughs> um, I know that gump. Um, I know that dummy. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I think he's. Um, yeah, I think he's kind of limited in his roles. Of, oh dear. Of, yeah, um, I think he has been in a few TV show, TV series, and things like that over the last few years. But that's a shame because he does play an asshole pretty well in this. He does uh, a bad guy. He plays a good bad guy. Plays he does play a good naval bad guy. commander bad guy. Yeah, he's a he's a good surly guy, isn't he? He's a good grumpy person. Oh yeah, you know he always he... he's when he speaks, he he always sounds like he's got his teeth shut together. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He always yeah. sounds like he's got his mouth clamped shut, wired. Yeah. Um, Gosh. I like him, but yeah, uh, I do you know what though? Uh, I. Because this is directed by Brian De Palma, right? Who we know from <laughs> Scarface, The Untouchables, Carlito's Way, etc. Classics. Classics. Absolute classics. He's a yeah. giant among directors, right? Yeah. And I absolutely love the first, like, because there's, there's, a, there's a, basically the first 20 minutes of this film are, the, I don't think it is fully, but it's, it, they lead you to believe that it's one continuous shot and i love that i love it when they do continuous shots in films mm. i love like the thinking about like the setup of it and people mm. having to hit just from the practicality point of view like i get sort of i guess weirdly taken out of it a bit because i'm always thinking oh i wonder how they did that like with everyone hitting their marks and is there someone in yeah. the background like sort of like waving at people to like start the next part while they're panning the camera around and stuff you know yeah and i, I love that about it and i think i really Really enjoy it. So yeah, the first twenty minutes of this film is basically following. You know, you meet Cage, and they're going into the arena for the boxing match, and the the fighters are coming out, and it pans to the fighters sort of walking out, and it pans back to them, and they're sort of greeting each other, and he's greeting different people, and he's chasing down like a criminal, and uh, and doing lots of stuff. There's a lot happens in the first twenty yeah. minutes, yeah. but I just love the way it's done, and I love the fact that like later in the film not that much later but as the because it it turns into basically what is like a sort of like noir like uh detective film do you know yeah. what i mean like yeah. in the way that he sits down with people and then there's flashbacks as to what happened but in a very noir sort of way yes. um and i love the fact that those scenes are also filmed from their point of view, and you, it, it relates back to that opening twenty minutes. There's first person um, shots, aren't there? Where there are first brilliant. person shots with the it. boxer, for example. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you see, like the glove, he pushes the door open, and the gloves on the door and stuff. T- technically, it's a very groundbreaking, to some extent, movie. Mm. And I think you're right. You know that that opening sequence, that single shot. I think there were there was something like twelve different seamless edits in that that cut yeah. basically. Yeah. Um. Because I was watching it, and I was like. I've seen a lot of films, you know, that, that have this. 1917, you know, uh, Children of Men Children is another of one. one. It's funny. One, yeah. It's so, you know, Birdman. It's so funny because I watched an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia last night, which has, which does this single yeah. shot for the, for the episode. And it does it brilliantly. Um, but in all of those modern movies, I've been able to spot some of, if not 
a lot of the edits where they're cutting it. Yeah. When the camera is following someone and it, it kind of pans to a wall or a door and then it cuts back and you see it yeah. kind of swivels back and that's where they put the edit. But in this, I couldn't tell at all for that opening no. that opening single shot, that one take. It was like following him. It Like you say, it follows him into the boxer's room. It follows him from the TV studio down into the belly of the arena, then out into the crowd and there's like, 14,000 people or whatever it is all there cheering and he's on the phone and he sits down in the box. It's yeah. so good. It's so yeah. well done. It's shocking to me that this film isn't that well liked. Yeah. It's it's 6.1 on IMDb right now out of 80,000 reviews. Right. I think it's I think it's a lot better than that. I think it's Yeah, I do. Like you said, I think it's a decent film. Yeah. There's so many 90s films like this, you know, sort of hunting down a a terrorist or whatever. Yeah. It's like The Rock. You know what I mean? It's like a a military personnel person that's pissed off with the authority. Yeah. And because basically the story is that um, there's a missile um, launch system that's been tested um, and it's like a better defense system than the US Navy has currently got mm-hmm. and it's been tested but and they're lying and saying it was tested and it was amazing and, it, you know, it was meant to be really good and they want to implement it. Mm-hmm. But the uh, Carla uh, Gugino's character um, plays the sort of one of the scientists, I think, that's behind, that works kind for the, the company. Fatale, that's doing, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, she's doing like mm-hmm. the testing and she's trying to break it to the, to the um, uh, who's he, like is the governor, governor or, or something? Yeah, yeah, the governor that's there that... Um, that it's wrong. It's like the, the oh, congressman. Congressman. It's a congressman. That's it. Yeah, and she's trying to break that news to him as as they kill him, sort of thing. Yeah, um, and trying to they're trying to hush it all up because they want it implemented. There's a lot of money behind it. There's a businessman played by uh, what's his name? It's uh, Macaulay Culkin's dad in Home Alone. Yeah, John John Head. John Head uh, Heard. Yeah, John Heard. John Heard. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. 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 Who didn't he die last year? I think he died. Yeah. Yeah. A couple yeah. Of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of silly stuff in this. There's a lot of like, you know, you got little... snake eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that whole scene just drags on a little bit, like too long. So there's a scene in it when, um, you know, Nicolas Cage finally realizes that Gary Gary Sinise's character is the bad guy, and yeah. um, he gets the shit beaten out of him basically. Mm-hmm. Uh quite brutally <laughs> and um brutally then yeah and then get uh Sinise puts like a, a tracking device on him to try and find where he's hidden yeah uh carla they should have told him Ka- all he needed was find my iphone Should have just done just yeah done. right <laughs> no, shared his location my, on whatsapp you know yeah right sorted job done um yeah, but yeah, so, he's kind of stumbling around the arena, isn't he? Like, yeah, and that's dragged out a little bit. Good <laughs> lord, it was like long. painful watching it, wasn't it? And he's like, was <laughs> <laughs> like limping along the corridor. Like no one that's ever been in a fight ever before. It's like he's been shot with like fifty bullets. Yeah, but he's actually <laughs> yeah. just been beaten up, and he's just yeah. he's walking around spitting blood. <laughs> like, to be fair though, if you'd have been beaten up by an actual boxer, you might have mm. been insane. It's serious <laughs> internal injuries, those yeah. internal organs. Um, but yeah, I think I just I think I said to you like when after we'd watched it, I I'm finding it a bit hard to take the piss out of it because I quite I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, 
This was no lawnmower man, which we featured in the last episode, <laughs> which, which was fucking agony watching. Yeah, to <laughs> yeah, be right. honest, this was. I really got into this, and I was yeah. like, "Oh, this is like really silly," but I also love some of the things about this. Yeah, um, yeah. I just, I thought it was great. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I mean, it's bizarre when you think about. Let's just just look at the the two films that De Palma directed directly before this. The first one was 93's Carlito's Way. The mm. next one was 96's Mission Impossible, the first Mission Impossible movie yeah. in the Tom Cruise franchise. And then this. You know, and it's yeah. it, it's crazy that this wasn't as well received. I think perhaps it may be more in part to the fact that Cruise um sorry, the fact that uh, that Cage was maybe at this point shaped more into an action star. And this film isn't really an action movie. It's more no. of a thriller, yeah. um, which is, you know, a kind of real-time thriller, though, isn't it? It's kind of set in real time, strangely. Yes. Um, yeah. A bit like maybe Speed, perhaps the second half of Speed. Um, yeah, similar. Yeah, because it, really, yeah, it is all... Yeah, because you don't... It, it is doesn't all in real really, time. It doesn't cut away. It never. The camera never leaves this this arena until the characters leave the arena, uh, where the film is set in, in Atlantic City during yeah. this massive tropical storm or hurricane, um, which is kind of ripping the building apart by apart by the end of it as the characters and the plot thickens. Yeah, I found that a bit unhinged. odd. Yes, like, but I've got a bit of trivia about that, which will help explain it. I think okay. I might know because at the end of this, there's a really weird line. That I was like, wait, what? Um, so at the end of this film, Carla Gugino and uh, and Nick Cage are on the boardwalk of Atlantic City outside where this this development, this arena is supposed to be. And he says the immortal line, when I was trapped in that tunnel, I thought I was gonna drown or something. <laughs> and I was like, what what? Firstly, what fucking tunnel? <laughs> and when was he gonna drown? He was at no point. Underwater at any point in this film. He was in a boxing arena yeah. uh, getting beaten up by a boxer. Well, let me give you, I'm going to give you the bit of trivia about that then because it leads lovely into that, yeah. right? Yeah. So here's a few bits of trivia, but I'll start with that because it links straight. So the original ending, uh, which was a massive special effects sequence created by Industrial Light and Magic, involved a huge tidal wave going through the casino because <laughs> um, there's like a casino resort. Uh, uh, next to the arena it's all one thing isn't it yeah uh, in the hotel yeah um, this ending was cut out in post-production uh but numerous references to it still remain in the final film a shot near the end of the film shows an ambulance driving down an oceanside road uh with a uh, with a wave about to crash into it before the film cuts to another shot yes uh nicholas cage's character as you said uh, talks about almost drowning at the very end of the film yeah. and references to a storm are made throughout the entire film which are all meant to build up to the action-packed climax that was cut out <laughs> it's so weird i mean i think it's absolutely pointless like why did they need some like ultra like epic like disaster you know what year did fucking armageddon come out and deep oh, yeah. impact and things like that Do you know what mm. I mean? yeah exactly did they need that in there this is a bit odd. It's just like I, it's completely out of context. So I, I, I actually beg to differ. I because I think this film is building up to something the whole way, and there is like like the buildings coming apart and the story is coming apart and all this kind of stuff. But I think this film is really anticlimactic. Like I think yes. that let's so let's put this in the context. So the bad guy is Gary Sinise, okay, and 
instead of him getting caught or Nicolas Cage getting his comeuppance on him or whatever, he gets uh, he gets locked out of the arena and he can't get back in. So <laughs> he blows his brain. He shoots himself in the heart and kills himself. Yeah. And he just drops down dead. Yeah. And then that's it. And then it moves on, and we see throughout the whole film, we see Ricky Santino, Santoro, Nick Cage saying, I'm going to be mayor of this town someday. You know, the whole throughout the whole film, he's just constantly saying, you know, uh, it's good for my career. It's good for my career. I got to get, I got to I got to become the mayor. And like all this kind of thing. And, and yeah. so after the movie ends, or after the main plot ends, we then see these kind of news clippings, newsreels of him. Um, kind of running, for, getting the award, like a policeman getting the award, bravery, bravery award, yeah. and all this kind of thing for stopping, apparently stopping Gary Sinise, which <laughs> I don't think he actually does, um, <laughs> other than, you know, saving the woman, I guess. Mm. Uh, but then we see him jumping into a Corvette and <laughs> someone asking him about cocaine, tell us about the cocaine, Ricky, or something like that. Yeah. And then we see him being um, taken to court for uh, defrauding the mayoral uh, race or something. Yeah. And by the end of it, he's he going like to prison. To <laughs> he's going to yeah. prison. He's <laughs> going happens, to prison. listeners, in the space of about 30 seconds. Yes. Like this whole summary of him uh, getting so a bravery it, award it, to being in prison. Yeah. You basically, by the end of it, he's, still, he's basically contemplating his, his life by the end of it, I think. <laughs> his best friend just killed himself. He's lost all his money, his house, probably his child that apparently he has, his son Michael that we never really see. We only see very briefly. Um, and he has an ex-wife. He has a girlfriend, so he's obviously lost both of them. He's being indicted for fraud, and he's going to prison for 12 to 18 months. Now, <laughs> you tell me a movie where the hero at the end of it that you follow through the whole thing is loses all his money, gets indicted, loses his marriage, his girlfriend, his relationship with his child, and has to go to prison for 12 to 18 months. <laughs> or oh, Conair. Um, but he was already <laughs> in prison. He, he was already a prisoner. <laughs> he was already a prisoner. This is, yeah. this is a cop. You know, it's like Conair is... crossed with the rock. Oh, imagine that. But then mm. it's really weird. So that happens. And then they have, and then Carla Cugino, for no apparent reason, kisses him. Mm. Uh, but even though they didn't have any kind of romantic you know, connotations throughout the movie whatsoever. Nope. And then the camera just slowly pans to the building site behind them with all and these you builders. The builders like, do stuff and you just... for like 10 minutes while the credits roll. <laughs> yes. Very old end. Maybe now you're thinking about it, now it's I'm a really weird Slightly end. let down. So I like, like I, still, I yeah. kind of think a giant tidal wave ripping the arena apart and, you know, even nearly drowning <laughs> in a tunnel. Sounds like really fun weird. to me. <laughs> Absolute mayhem. Um, I'm going to give you. I'll, I'll give you a couple more bits of trivia about it. So, mm. uh, as we've said, um, the opening 20 minute steady cam sequence is not really one continuous shot. There are numerous hitting hidden edits, but at least 12 minutes of the sequence was run in one take. So that's still very impressive. 12 minutes mm. as a take in that sort of like you know that's not just like two people on screen. That's like thousands of people on screen. Phenomenal. Um, pretty cool. Um, this is, uh, yeah. So Gary Sinise plays Naval Commander Kevin Dunn, who is attempting to get the Navy to pick up a new weapon system. Actor Kevin Dunn 
who plays the PPV announcer, like the news guy at the arena, was in the movie Hot Shots in 1991, playing a naval commander attempting to get the Navy to pick up a new super fighter. <laughs> I so, thought it was because, really weird that there was a Kevin Dunn actor and Kevin Dunn character. Why this, are they called they Gary Sinise's people? character Kevin Dunn when Kevin Dunn, the actor playing someone called Lou Logan was in it. Yeah. So well, I mean, here we go. Yeah. Uh, I probably I probably would have had in in the unbearable way of massive talent stakes. Nick Cage playing Nick Cage. And he's just yeah. Nick Cage at a boxing fight. And he happens to be, be next to Commander Gary Sinise, who's there. And then you have <laughs> then you have Kevin McAllister's dad, Peter McAllister, who apparently all along was a corrupt politician and that's why he's got such a big house in Home Alone. Yeah, uh, and then Kevin Dunn playing himself, Kevin Dunn, Kevin Dunn. Well, according to actual Kevin Dunn, the fact that Gary Sinise's character was named Kevin Dunn caused confusion between the two actors. According to Dunn, much to his surprise, he was given a penthouse suite in a fancy hotel to stay in during filming. The crew realized that they had accidentally given Sinise's suite to Dunn. Uh, Dunn had to leave and stayed at a hotel chain. <laughs> <laughs> sorry we got the wrong kevin done sorry we you're booked not the actually hotel, kevin but who thought at what point were they like oh we've we accidentally booked the hotel room under the character's name kevin dunn and not <laughs> under the actor's name kevin dunn so the actor yeah. kevin dunn ends up staying in the hotel room yeah what I the hell why know. would you book a uh, it doesn't make any sense but that is insane here's something that's also a bit odd the role of Commander Kevin Dunn was originally written for and offered to Will Smith. Really? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I can't see that at all. I feel like it would no. need a substantial rewrite to fit to fit Will Smith. I can't imagine yeah. Will Smith wanting to play a bad guy at that point in his career as well. Like, no, he was doing all Men in the, Black. Well, Men know. in Black was like that time, wasn't it? Was that like ninety eight? Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah, ninety seven. So, I don't know, Black, wasn't it? Yeah, ninety seven. Uh, and then last bit, um, <laughs> Snake Eyes was the last Brian De Palma film for which Steven Spielberg viewed the rough cut. Mm. Yeah, apparently he uh, viewed all the rough cuts of Brian De Palma films. I don't know why it was the last one. But... <laughs> he was like, that's it, Brian. No more. Yeah. You've... <laughs> you had me at you had Maybe me it's because he took Eyes. out the ILM like, uh, super Maybe. scene at the end. Maybe. It's yeah. Like, Fuck you, Brian De Palma. <laughs> yeah. Good Lord. So what yeah i but you know listeners i'd watch it if you haven't seen it you might have done you probably have but <laughs> go watch it again it's fun yeah it is fun and and the majority of nick cage's dialogue in this is him saying his character's name like yeah it, it, all he does all he does for i think the very first scene is for no apparent reason looks right down the camera and goes i'm rick santoro that's right <laughs> i am ricky oh, it's just like <laughs> It's, and then like, it's just you see him at the end, he's getting arrested or something. There, he's like, "Hey, come on, guys, it's Ricky, it's Ricky." It's like, "Who gives a fuck who you are, dude?" No, yeah, well, who gives a fuck who you are? There was a good, there was a good scene as well where Gary Sinise is kind of um, confiding in him as his friend, saying, "You know, I was looking at this beautiful woman. I was looking at her tits or something, and I shouldn't have been looking yeah. at her tits." And the the shooter killed uh, the, the the congressman, and and then Nick Cage just looks at him and he goes, but "Didn't you see?" That was the plan to give you a boner. Congratulations, <laughs> oh, yeah. you got one. <laughs> I forgot about that line. Yeah, that was good. That made me laugh. In what world 
But I'd say there's something interesting about this. This was written by, or it was part written by, by Brian De Palma, but it was also written by David Kep, who wrote Jurassic Park. Or oh, adapted Jurassic Park. Well. So I wonder whether that was the, the Steven Spielberg connection in there. But no talk about boners in, um, in Jurassic Park, as far as I can recall. No. But, you Not know, at the end of the day, life finds a way, doesn't it, Phil? <laughs> yeah. Well, there we are. Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes. Nicholas Cage. Go and watch it. Loved it, to be honest. It's available on Disney Plus, if you uh, wanted to know. And in America, it's available on Showtime. <laughs> Showtime. Wow. It's Showtime, see? Um, also, not to be confused with the late, uh, with the latest GI Joe spin-off movie, Snake Eyes, no. The Rise of Cobra, or whatever it's called. Um, this is just Snake Eyes. So, uh, Snake Eyes if, from 1993, featuring Harvey Keitel and Madonna. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, if you get halfway through either of those movies and you haven't seen Nick Cage <laughs> screaming, "I'm Ricky fucking Santoro" for 45 minutes then uh, you're probably watching the wrong film. Yeah. Or Gary Sinney's talking about his boner. <laughs> no, Nicolas Cage talking about Gary Sinise's boner. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. that's what I call a movie. Um, well, I think we both loved it, didn't we? So go watch yes. Snake Eyes. Um, you know where to find it. And join us on the next Movie Mouth podcast slice of movie and TV-related podcast fun. But before then, please follow our Facebook and Instagram accounts at, at Movie Mouth Podcast and hit subscribe or give us a nice five-star review on your podcast player of choice, Phil. Yes. There's just one last thing to say, isn't there, darling? Go on. Aren't you ready for this? You're usually ready for this, aren't you? Just say it. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> you say hello while I say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye, darling. I'm Rick Bye. fucking Sensoro. <laughs> <laughs>